This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip Electric Toothbrushes. Sent to your home every month with brush head refills. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you can get $10 off your first brush head refill. Uh, oh God, what are we doing? Um, November 9th. November 9th is what we're doing. <laughs> what are we starting with? Oh God, who cares? Let's just do this. You ready? Yep. It's November 9th, 2017. And this is Important If True. From Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. (laughs) I'm Jake Rodkin. (laughs) (laughs) Started off strong there and you just sort of peed Well, you told me to stay spicy and I stayed spicy all the way up. What a whole week of spiciness. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, only three days. Shh. Magic. (laughs) I got my coffee. So I'm spicy. Yeah, well done. Don't even talk to me till I've had my coffee. <laughs> That's my motto. That's what I always say. Mondays. <laughs> Can't stand them. Nope. Don't like them. Hate Mondays, love coffee. That's me. You're my Shut kind up. Of, you're my Hate kind of Mondays, guy, Chris. love coffee, shut up. That's my Amazon.com procedurally generated mug. <laughs> yep. I hate Mondays, love coffee, and my mechanical engineer. <laughs> How you guys doing? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly it. dying? Uh, yeah, always. Just like <laughs> love it. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good to catch up, Chris. It's good to have this time. <laughs> Let's talk about how we're slowly becoming dirt and bones. Yeah, it's true. There was the reason I say that is cool because it is <laughs> Good. because we're all doing it. But uh, I there was something I saw months ago that I totally forgot about until just now. Uh, it was a message that said you will die in six days or one month. Excuse me, you would be dead. You would be dead by now if it's if, yeah. uh, if you saw it a month ago. Yeah. Uh, no, what did God, you say? That would Chris? be fucking morbid if I got on this podcast and was like, "Hey guys, saw this a month ago. <laughs> forgot to tell you, uh, it was some kind of creepy like videotape or something." Anyway, I watched it and said I was going to die in a month. That was like a month ago. And minus, then I requested minus it. an hour, <laughs> right. so we really got to get this podcast <laughs> I told immediately. You guys, I told you guys to record I'm on, early. I'm on, I'm on the clock here. <laughs> we just want to see what's going to happen. So we anyway. <laughs> I just hate Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love my dentist. Imagine, imagine if I were. That that was the last hour of my like cursed Japanese horror film existence. He died as he lived. Hating Mondays. Loving his coffee. Loving that coffee. Doing a stupid podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean a great podcast. Doing a great podcast. A edit great, that. Great podcast. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry. I will not edit that. Uh, the thing that I the thing that I saw that I, I you guys may have seen this it was quite a while ago at this point. Uh, this is an amazing find that someone dug up from 1891, which was as Walt Whitman, the poet, was uh, passing away, mm-hmm. or at least was like ailing. Mm. The New York Times. This is a month after he was told that he had a month to live from a videotape. <laughs> uh, the The New York Times in 1891 was like started publishing health updates. On Walt Whitman, oh, yeah, and I, I know they're about kind this. of they're kind of amazing. Hmm. Have you not seen this? I have not seen this. It's very it's fascinating and weird and pretty fucked up. Uh, so in let's see, um, this 
in on December 21st, there is just a headline in the New York Times that just says Walt Whitman dying. Period. <laughs> Jesus. On December 22nd, the very next day, no hope for Walt Whitman. The aged poet may live three or four days longer. Oh All hope of Walt Whitman's recovery has been given up by his physici- physicians who say, however, that he may last as long as three or four days. Uh, so that was December 22nd. December 23rd, 1891. Walt Whitman slowly dying. <laughs> Illness. <laughs> uh, Walt Whitman still alive. He has given up the struggle for life and is willing to die. <laughs> God. That was December 24th. December 25th. The poet's end very near. An unfavorable turn in the condition of Walt Whitman. December 26th as like this long, yeah. this like, oh, he should be dead by now. December 26th, toned it back a bit. Walt Whitman's condition, period. December 27th. Walt Whitman still sinking. Doubtful if poet will be living this morning. December 28th. Walt Whitman still lingering. (laughs) December 29th, 1891. Walt Whitman about the same. (laughs) You know what? That was was December, uh, what what did I just say? 28th. 28th. You know when Walt Whitman fucking died? March 26th, 1892. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Can you imagine your. Can you imagine fucking your Walt Whitman and you subscribe to the New York Times? Yeah. God. Also, can you imagine just the halcyon days of journalism where you could pay a reporter every day to just write a story about Walt Whitman? Yeah. Like, yeah. For months. Take a horse out to Pennsylvania. Yeah, I'm on the Walt Whitman beat. That's just my job. We got our Walt Whitman bureau out in Philadelphia. Ah, uh, back back in the good times. So I so that was what was that was the um, our dying poet beat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that mm. was that was some of the selections that someone found earlier this year. I went back on the New York Times archive that dates back. Yeah, I think until even several decades earlier than this. But I I researched it even more, and a, a, an even more sort of morbid picture presents itself. So that that story began on December 21st, 1891. Uh, even, by the way, that was even earlier than the excerpts that someone found. found. Like the, 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 They found it starting on December 23rd, but if you look even further back, there's more. If you go all the way back to April 6th, 1890, the previous year, there's a story headlined, Walt Whitman Ill, too much spring air has given poet the grip. So even just like light illnesses of Walt Whitman were considered (laughs) newsworthy. And then again, a month and a half later, May 27th, 1890, Walt Whitman has bad cold. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, there's something like definitely if you were Walt Whitman and you were a New York Times subscriber, a terrible, a, 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 a strange, this is like a precursor to our... This is like the Facebook feed. Right. Walt um, Whitman's Walt Whitman got like tailored content. Yeah, exactly. If you you just had to be famous enough. <laughs> Although that's said now, well, I mean, all get the Walt Whitman treatment now. That's kind of. Imagine if you opened up Facebook and it said Chris Ramos has days to live. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like, How how do you what? Yeah. <laughs> Chris Ramo is fine. 
Yeah, doing Bruce all Rainbow right. Still, still hanging on. Yeah, what still? Ha- what is? That, I mean, I guess yes. Tr- true. <laughs> Seven years ago today, Chris Ramo has three days to live. <laughs> We've like, made a video celebrating re-share. your three days to live. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. As a little sort of cake opens up, various pictures of of headlines about you dying. Eight years ago, you became friends with Capricious Genie. <laughs> 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 Seven years ago, you made pact with the devil. Right. Three years ago, cursed. (laughs) You changed relationship status to cursed cursed. to die in three years. (laughs) Our video team made this for you. By watching this video, you will die in one week. (laughs) So... Yeah, good times. Sorry, guys. Hope this hope the podcast uh, keeps up in my absence. Maybe I'll just go to some kind of like limbo or uh, or you know purgatory. Mm. Maybe it'll be a situation where you still where I can where negotiate you... my way out of this deal. You could just haunt the podcast. Also, that'd be yeah, fine. that's true. Oh, yeah. There wouldn't like really if Nick be any and I, difference. if it's Nick, audio. yeah, if Nick and I are in here doing the show, yeah. but then to readers at home, you're just sort of like going woo in the background and being annoyed yeah. by the things we're talking about. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. God, that would be so much easier for me. You just go, ooh. I just go, ooh. I wouldn't have to like read about Walt Whitman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who wants to do that? The, the readers of the New York the Times. The New York Times really do. They need it. Very important. <laughs> um, shall we do an email? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Dear Chris Ramo, you have one week to live. <laughs> Your genie. Christopher writes... I have one week to live. <laughs> Christopher, does, it is from Christopher. Christopher writes, when I was in first grade, I had an obsession with ketchup. Oh my God, this email is amazing. Um, sorry, no, I just remember this email. When I was in first grade, I had an obsession with ketchup. I had yet to learn the contours that draw the borders between good and bad combinations of food. I strove in my naivete to break through to new boundaries and what ketchup could accompany. To sum up my alchemical experiments in a sentence, Peanut butter, jelly, and ketchup sandwiches were among my tamer attempts. Ugh, that is revolting. For my seventh birthday, my grandfather had a local printer print custom labels in Heinz ketchup bottles. CJ the Ketchup King was their branding. That is just also now a completely plausible, bullshit, artisanal ketchup micro brand that you sell to like Whole Foods. My friend worked at a, or my friend's dad worked at a sign like painting and vinyl manufacturing, like vinyl sign Mm, manufacturing company. And they had the regional like Nintendo resellers license. So for my birthday, I was given by him a sign that said Jake's World of Nintendo in like on brand. And I still have it. Really? Yeah. It's in my parents' attic somewhere. Oh, wow. Very good. Uh, I, I wish that it had said Jake the Ketchup King, though. <laughs> <laughs> in Nintendo. In, in Nintendo, Nintendo font. <laughs> in that oval. Yes. <laughs> or cylinder shape. Um, anyway, the email continues. Un- so, Heinz Ketchup Bottles, CJ the Ketchup King was the branding. Unfortunately, uh, my youthful ignorance, propelled by the whimsy of my grandfather, led me to an unfortunate decision. I leaned into the notion that I was the Ketchup King. <laughs> God, that is such a... That is so relatable and, oh, yeah. and terrible. Um, fast forward a few weeks. I am infatuated by a girl in my grade and have decided to express my adoration. But first, I decided to get a second opinion on my plan. I asked the neighbor girl for her opinion. 
Due to the slightest instinct for self-preservation, I asked her brother, my childhood bully, and their mother to wait inside. I proceeded to do an imitation of a jig, singing, I am the ketchup king, I am the ketchup king, and the ketchup king likes you very much. (laughs) The laughter from the (laughs) mother and bully son was thunderous. I never expressed my feelings for the girl, and I was glad I was able to move to a new continent one year later. Do you have any moments of childhood self-hoisting or self-branding? <laughs> God, I want to shrivel up and die just yeah. because I read that email. Thank God I'm cursed and I only have a month to live. I can, oh, oh, yeah. I, I can really so just... palpably, I did, like I didn't, I don't know that I ever did anything that sort of yeah. Right. Specific, but, but your but self-constructed that, sense of identity that yeah. has no bearing on actual social mores is, yeah. is a thing that happens as a kid. Yes. I don't have any stories like that at all. And the ability, and sort of the ability to lean into something like that yeah. that someone else created because you don't know what the world is yet. So like your grandfather is like, you see this official looking right. thing and it's got your name. You're like, oh yeah, yeah. Whoa, I totally am that. Yeah. I mean, I have the, I have a tame version of that that I'm sure that a lot of kids do where like if someone tells you you can draw you're just like I'm an artist and oh, you just yeah, call definitely. yourself that and label that all you over your own shit you should be a stand up comedian right and you're like mm-hmm. oh and then you, you eventually realize you're like I can sing you can't yeah. like I'm sorry you can't mm-hmm. you, uh, yeah yeah. but uh, I'm the ketchup king takes that to oh an extreme God. level and the, the jig and the, the jig song. Yeah. Oh, yeah holy oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's very real it's uh, <laughs> there must be, yeah. I mean, there must be just a certain like kind of. It's okay that that level of sort of uh, not caring what other people think and having fun just gets fucking beaten out of you. So uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> I look, yeah. I look longingly personally at CJ yeah. the Catch of King <laughs> and uh, remember a simpler time yeah. uh, when Walt Whitman's illness was news and when uh, uh, anyone could just do the Catch of King <laughs> dance to to woo uh, their love. <laughs> Dance like nobody's watching. Yep. Or like uh, a random girl who's your neighbor, your bully, and his mom are listening. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so what was your story? Oh, my story is completely unrelated to being the ketchup king or doing a dance. uh, Oh, really weird. I would have thought you had a completely relevant story to being the ketchup king. (laughs) No. I was the mustard king. (laughs) All of this time. I was the mustard lord. Lord Mustard (laughs) desires you greatly. (laughs) Will thou attend the ball with your lord and master, the mustard lord? Lord. Yeah. So sorry. Oh, I was. I was. <laughs> I can't even. The I was going to go with just more lord. titles and condiments and just fuck that. No, all of this talk of someone who loves ketchup as a kid reminds me of the like year that I absolutely hated ketchup as a kid. Mm. Um. My dad. This really reminds me of that year when God, I really hated Well, sorry, ketchup. we've talked so much in recent weeks about like weird associations and about things that make your brain jump to mm-hmm. completely different things. And this, like reading this the first time I read that email last week, um, it actually like kind of like grossed me out. Wait, and which one last week? This, this, just when we when the email first came in, oh, we oh, all sort yeah, of yeah, looked yeah, at yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It like gave me a little bit of like a gag reflex because it reminded me of this time. So my dad. Uh, is an acoustical and environmental and sometimes sort of mechanical engineer. It means like he 
Install sound baffling for it's, complicated. Yeah, like yeah. like the freeway walls or like just w- loud factories that are near residences. Mm-hmm. He ends up having to like figure out how to make them quiet. And sometimes as a kid, I would like do ride-alongs with him when he would go out to oh, cool. to job sites. Mm-hmm. We went to the Hunt Tomato Paste Factory. Which I thought was going to be interesting because, like, you know, they make tomato paste and ketchup. And, like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Truckloads and truckloads <laughs> and truckloads and truckloads of just crushed tomatoes uh-huh. mixed with, like, the <laughs> tomato paaste, uh, like, refuse smell coming out mm. of smokestacks. Like, oh. I've never... Ah. It's like, you th- whether or not you like tomatoes or to ketchup... Uh, it is irrelevant once you basically have all of your senses just dunked in them for an entire day. Yeah. It was the most Ugh. vile smell. And then yeah. at the end of the day, we went to Carl's Jr. And there was just a little, like, <laughs> like I, I squirted the tomato uh, ketchup oh, packet no. out to, like, dip a fry yeah. into it and just went, oh, oh. Like, it yeah. just, I wanted to barf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I hear about this kid loving ketchup and just, like, smearing it on every food <laughs> and just, like, loving yeah. it, all I can think about is the day <clears throat> that yeah. I that I went to a tomato factory with my dad and just wanted to barf from just you, inhaling you, tomato fumes all day. You have a lot of um, negative smell memories. Yeah. Those two. Those are the two. That <laughs> the one, that one and, the... and the human cadaver yeah, smell. Yeah. 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 That one's justifiable, I think, Chris. I'm not saying- Oh, that one, just, yeah. Hey, I'm not saying it's not justifiable. I mean, the, the, the ketchup factory, I can totally- Or the tomato paste factory, yeah. I can totally relate to that as oh, well. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I have a really bad smell memory that only- I mean, it's it took a decade and a half, maybe over a decade to, to pass. I was- um, So last week, I talked about being on academic team in- early high school yeah another thing i did was science olympiad which is like i don't know if you guys had that academic team by the way i didn't explain what that was it was like a some schools had a thing that was similar that they called quiz bowl uh, some had a thing called mathletes but that's not what this was because it wasn't math it was like knowledge yeah. um like, a, like about <clears throat> sort of history and culture and stuff and what you'd you'd go and and uh compete against other schools academic so it was like teams. trivia but edutainment yeah, it's like trivia, but with but not pop culture. It would be right. like stuff you would learn in in sort of. It was like college level knowledge, right? So it was the point was it was not stuff you would just have automatically learned in right. in high school, which was one of the reasons it was difficult to be on the team, which is one of the reasons I was not able to keep being on the team eventually. Uh, but anyway, the you know you compete against other schools. So anyway, that was that, and there was like regional and uh, national championships and stuff. The other thing was science olympiad which i think is a more standardized thing nationally where you uh you your school you form up into small teams and then i I don't even remember how it works you like make experiments that prove something or demonstrate something and there's all these different categories of science that you do it in and like you there's a competition and everything but like a big part of it is just doing fun science stuff with your you know, other classmates who are in Science Olympiad. And we were at one of those and uh, where it was one of our friends who had like a garage space or something we could use. We all went over to their house and were working on our Science Olympiad thing. And we had, uh, it was some, I don't even remember what we were making, but we had different uh, uh, substances like uh, acids and bases and vinegars and things like that. Sure. And um, 
the reason that I can relate to the per- to the ketchup king person is because I feel like there's a certain kind of kid where if you're basically a socially awkward dork at a you know at a young age, uh, there's a direction you can go which is just to be totally kind of inward and withdrawn. And then there's another direction. I'm sure there's a million in between, but there's another general direction you can go, which is to sort of play up your kind of awareness of that and mm-hmm. kind of just like be goofy. A really self, yes. self-aware, but in the wrong way, it, goofball. In the total mm-hmm. wrong way, exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to CJ the Ketchup King. And I definitely had, especially I would say in like elementary school, yeah, I, I totally had those those impulses. Um Although this was high school, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. But I, I it was it came out differently in high school, I guess, uh, as discussed last week. But um, uh, we someone was like, we had a huge bottle of white vinegar, and uh, I someone was like, oh man, I'll dare someone like five dollars to drink this entire thing of white vinegar and i was like Mm. i'll do that Mm. and i sort of weirdly for some reason justified it by like i can use that for gas money like i just really need the gas money it's like what yeah (laughs) classic classic that kind of teen stupid Uh, bullshit exactly no i was like try to find some way to like Mm. it's cool actually yeah it's actually totally (laughs) fine it's like whatever just yeah and i i chugged the entire bottle of white vinegar and oh, oh yeah, God. and it oh. was it was easily oh. one of the. I mean, I I I, yeah, I, I would declare it as one of the as the most revolting thing I've ever done. I don't I can't think of any counter evidence. To You've that, probably done worse, but but that's <laughs> good that's, God. that's way up there for sure. Oh, Jesus. you got that and gas money? Cool. Yeah, I got five dollars. Drive home and like throw up forever. Yeah. What's well? What's <laughs> like, horrible? What? I think what made it worse is that I never did throw up. And oh. so it was oh, just, oh, God. It just, just sitting about that in, in me, is, and it, I just, oh, I, no. I smelled it on myself oh. for at least a week, <laughs> and then for for years and years and years, I would say through the remainder of high school, through college, for years after college, whiffing white vinegar, which is like uh-huh. a more potent, it's more potent than like balsamic vinegar because yeah. balsamic oh, yeah. has like kind of the sweetness, and mm-hmm. you know. And apple cider vinegar has like that uh, that right. other like fruitiness, yeah. but white vinegar is very just sort of intensely just, vinegary, yeah. and so and so smelling that would just it would instantly make me sort of dry heave and mm. and just want to retch. It was horrible. Wow, I'm glad and, I'm glad that your story combines my ketchup story and CJ's ketchup story into your <laughs> into your vinegar story. That's really impressive. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the the stupidest thing about shit like that is that at the time when I did it, people were like, ah, that's funny. And then three minutes later, they were no, done. everyone is yeah. done. And yeah. moving on. I'm like, ah, yeah. Yeah, good to you next time, guys. <laughs> Didn't even get a fine out over, of it. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, that's what's, <laughs> like, that's the thing. Well, actually, yeah, that fine. That's Would seriously, no, that's the thing that actually terrifies <laughs> me is, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not saying this because I'm like, I'm trying to say like all oh, kids these days or anything. I'm saying this purely out of um, kind of a like psychic sympathy for people in this situation. I can't even imagine being that age and disposition now yeah. with yep. the prevalence of social media and all of the additional social pressures that exist to like fulfill mm-hmm. that goal of sort of public clownery, right. you know, for the world. 
Um, I mean, I, I've seen fucking teen vines that are amazing, that are, you know, yeah. hilarious and clever and incredible, but there's also definitely a lot that are just shit like that, that is just, there's way more vectors to, like, encourage you they also, to do that kind They also of thing. live forever. Not if it's so, a vine. Well, that, true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. R.I.P. Vine. Yeah. Um, but no. But in general, yes. That's but I mean, can like, be on the you would, if, if, yeah, if that had existed when you were a kid. Oh yeah, you no. Would not, we would now be able to just present this video of Chris. Yeah, there's a Facebook video that says just we, fi- yeah. we've assembled this video of your memories, yeah. and it's just you <laughs> drinking vinegar and you getting like yeah. fu- knocking yeah. over the Krispy Kreme mm-hmm. sign, and you just like getting punched in the gut by someone, and then it says you're gonna <laughs> die in three years. <laughs> fifteen years. Remember fifteen years ago? Share your curse. Yeah. Play blah, blah, oh, five dollars. Yeah. You destroyed your life on yeah. oh, for, this, for this ukulele montage. Yeah. That that's happening right now. All the seeds of that for the last decade have been sown. I mean, Facebook started when <laughs> Sorry, I Sorry, I'm just, I'm, oh no. I'm just, I'm having like a, a mental breakdown thinking about like the accurate version of that where like some algorithm actually knows how long you have to live and then it's just compiling more and more video bullshit of you just doing nothing with your life. Facebook oh, just like, no. you've got 23 oh, years no. to live. Oh, you've no. got 22 years to live. Here's the last, you know, 30 years. You did nothing. You just, you, you drank vinegar. Good job. Like now you're going to die. God, oh, yeah, the Facebook video God. that is just you like, yeah, getting punched in the stomach and drinking vinegar and like doing a bunch of just idiotic shit, and then the and then like this is this is Facebook like twenty fifty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the final ones are just like you on your security cam, like sort of <laughs> chuckling with like with like a smoker's cough to like shit watching on TV. Your, oh, I thought you could say watching all your old Facebook. Oh, memories. That. but it, and it just says you've lived a great life, yeah. and that's the end. <laughs> uh, that, mm. Don't worry. That's that's fine. Yeah. Worry. That's fine. <laughs> Either way, it doesn't matter. It's true. Oh, dire. Yeah. Five years ago, you watched this video about your friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that, yeah. Man, that's going to be actually, that's going to be a total uh, plot device in a sort of neo-noir uh, film of the future you want you like just someday you uh, you know click your like eight years ago video and then well, on, you like, fucking see the killer like, the behind ninth, you <laughs> on the ninth clip you see just like the ominous figure sort of walk by the outside of your window like holy shit <laughs> sorry god what <laughs> Pause that. Go back a few frames, and it's just and like hats. it's just yeah. a shitty like plaster giant birthday cake that's slowly swinging out of frame. But on the last like the only copy of this video is embedded inside of your congrats on your <laughs> fifth year of Facebook video. <laughs> Mark my words, uh, it's happening. That doesn't even need to be in some sort of neo noir. That would just be in any yeah like. I guess modern, like, modern procedural, like, like, yeah, like cheap. Uh, that's yeah. true. It would, like I, any actual, sort of like right. British sad detective, mm. uh, oh, modern yeah, technology, yeah, modern okay. social yeah. problems, was, mystery show. Okay. I was thinking it would be in the sort of CW glossy teen. Uh, they all have the same thing, drama. though. I mean, yeah, that's true. It'll be in the CW one within the next three years, and it'll be in the BBC one within the next. Yeah, in the sort years. of stubbly, uh, like divorced. Uh, detective or really sort of frustrated in life middle-aged woman detective solving a social issues murder right. BBC mm-hmm. show yeah yeah that's yeah. about that's about cyberbullying probably mm-hmm. 
as one of the th- as one of the oh, threads. See, I would imagine it would be about like an actual murder because it's oh, yeah, so no, no, normalized. No. It's, it's, that it's not it's not like Chris. It it's definitely a- about an actual murder, but it's definitely also uh, about a kid yes. or parent whose kid oh, was t- you know, teased by yeah. a bunch and, of people, and then, and then, and then someone is murdered, and, and then yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. probably the yeah. detective, her like son is involved in a cyberbullying thing separately and yes. at the beginning of the series they appeared yes to be unrelated sure. separate events but then by yeah, midway no, this through, is definitely in the like the, 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 the happy valley broad church exactly, model yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. that but yeah you know if that genre was also just coupled with the aesthetic of some sort of cyber crimes thing i would be very happy with that <laughs> yeah a, bl- a, a blade runner but it's about just like a sad like and frustrated middle-aged woman mother british uh detective that's mm-hmm. fine P- give me that show yeah on that note actually i'm gonna pre-endorse something i am going to say you should watch happy valley oh it's great which is so good happy valley is great it's a british um pr- sort of I, it's not really a procedural it's a british it's like a crime drama. serialized crime drama yeah. television show that uh i think who owns the rights to it in the U.S.? Netflix? Netflix. It's yeah. a Netflix show in the U.S. It's, in the U.S., it's a Netflix It's a Netflix show. BBC co-produced, I think. Yeah, I think that's correct. And it's about a middle-aged policewoman uh, in a kind of, I guess, mid-sized English town. Yeah. And it's so good. It's so rare to see a, a woman character of that type played so straight on television without... Any, I mean, yeah. it's it it matters that she's a woman and that impacts her life as it should. But it's also just it's it's not sensationalized or or turned into something gimmicky. It's just a really good show about a character who's portrayed really fully and well. And yeah, some of the actual sort of the actual crime and criminal characters are infinitely less interesting yeah, to me definitely. than the yeah. main character yes. in her life. But For it's, sure. it's she, really good. Yes. So anyway, watch Happy Valley. It's really good. Yep. Uh, and then imagine a crazy cyberpunk version. <laughs> yeah, then imagine her finding a uh, <laughs> crucial clue in a seven-year-old Facebook video <laughs> montage. <laughs> Let's take a break. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip Electric Toothbrushes. Auctioneer ad this week. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get them today. Tryquip.com slash thumbs for $10 off your first brush head refill. Every three months, Quip will send you a new brush head so that you always have that fresh, good, plaque-removing toothbrush ready to go. Keep your mouth clean. It's got all kinds of very subtle but good features like a uh, two-minute timer split up into four 30-second uh, segments so that you can, you know you can evenly spread out your brushing among the four quadrants of your teeth. It's a very handy thing. I'm so reliant and accustomed to that now. Um, I shudder to think how frequently in the past I brushed my teeth for for less than the, the recommended full two minutes, uh, but no longer thanks to Quip. And if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you'll get $10 off your first brush head refill. They uh, start at only $5, so you're all set right there. Tryquip.com slash thumbs. This episode of Important If True is also brought to you by Warby Parker prescription eyeglasses and sunglasses. And if you go to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs, you can get five frames sent to your home for five days for free. So you can try them on, see what style you like. They have a whole lot. You pick the five you like. They come in a box um, with the names of each frame on there. So you can look in the mirror, take selfies, send them to your partner or friends um it's a uh it's a, just a great service 
You can try a bunch of glasses on. You could dare your friend to wear them all at once for gas money. That's exactly right. That would be a lot less traumatic than a lot of other things you could do for, for similar motivations. Uh, and also, at the end of this, you'll end up with uh, sunglasses or eyeglasses that make you see better. Um, so if you go to <laughs> warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs, you can get that home try-on kit sent to your home for free. Warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs. It's true. It's all true. Not. Now's um, the prime chance to try. Right, let's let's do it. Oh, let's yeah, do fuck it. it. I'll try it. All right, we're back. Wow. We Whoa. are back. Cool. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man, Jake's not back. I'm, well, I never left. Oh, okay. That, I guess that's why. Wow. Jake's so unimpressed by being back because he's been here the whole time. I have. I've been sitting in this chair recording this podcast with you people. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Shut the fuck up. We're going to read an email <laughs> from Rebecca who writes... Hi, everybody. (laughs) It seems like every couple of years we find out that something we thought was perfectly safe and fine is actually a horrible disease-making machine like smoking or asbestos. It's like finding out that you're cursed to die by watching a video. Yeah. I can't help but wonder what seemingly (laughs) innocuous everyday things could secretly be death traps. Maybe peanut butter and jelly sandwiches cause dementia or dish soap somehow causes scoliosis. What seemingly innocent everyday things do you predict or secretly hope to be death in disguise? Love the show. Love the banter. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Mishi. <laughs> Secretly hope. Yeah, I know. I don't. That part of the question is very. That's, that part uh, of the question is tailored to leading. this moment in reality yeah. in which I secretly hope everything <laughs> is death in disguise. Right, yeah. Oh, man. Yellowstone might erupt ending all life. Yeah. Yes, oh, God, oh, please. Oh, bring it on. Sweet release. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I hope our current lifestyle brings about our demise now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sp- I mean, speed it up. We can clearly <laughs> yeah. tell. One it's bring- week. It's bringing about our slow <laughs> One week. Hey, come on, look at a day. Come on, I'm cursed to die in a week. Can, can it just come on? Ah, come on, come on, speed it up. We, got, we, got, we only got Chris three minutes Chris quickly fast forwards through the ring VHS <laughs> in hopes that it <laughs> accelerates the death curse. <laughs> I don't really have an example of of this, like, speci- like an answer for this specific question, but I do have... Something like I don't know if you guys have, have like uh, think think along these lines, but like when you see something and you you just Im- like they you say could, something. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> when you see something that could be dangerous, and then your mind just immediately makes it dangerous, or thinks about the thing that like would happen if you fell down or whatever. Like, yeah, I I wake up every morning and. The way I wake up, I, I'm either just completely at rest, just hating everything and not wanting to get out of bed, or I, like, leap out of bed. Like, wow, I, really? I, like, it's, it's just... I, I'm so I never, much more in the I middle. never groggily just sort of, like, okay, yeah. clamor out of bed. Like, it's always just, like, boom. And then when I when I jump out of bed, I, I kind of do, like, a roll... And then and then and then sort of you know I hit <laughs> the vertical like a barrel roll yeah kind of I just sort of like roll out of bed and then and then I get a little forward momentum you do a somersault jump up yeah yeah I do a handstand and you say Nick. look out world <laughs> yeah. it's Nick Brecken yeah. and this is important I'm the ketchup true. king I'm the ketchup I'm Nick Brecken <laughs> uh, no but so I like you're the fucking mayonnaise king that's what yeah. you are you no disgusting it's true oh god shit. I love it. Oh, I had a mayonnaise thing happen the other day. I can't remember what it was, but I thought of you, Chris. I was like, oh, you Chris would hate this. You had a mayonnaise thing happen Oh, it was just you. a really gross. And you can't remember. You had a gross it, mayonnaise thing Oh, it was thing so gross. Happened to oh, I know what it was. That's an amazing I passive put mayonnaise. <laughs> passive I put mayonnaise on a hot dog. 
and I just knew if you were there, you would have been barfing in your mouth. I was so happy just dripping this mayonnaise on this top of a hot dog. Agonistic, fatalistic I got out of bed with just <laughs> vim and vigor, put yeah. mayonnaise on a hot dog, said, I'm Nick Brecken, the mayonnaise king, and then I imagined Chris barfing in his mouth. And I danced a jig. And then uh, I thought, I, I hope this is deadly. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most fatalistic <laughs> episode of this podcast that we've maybe also ever the most recorded. passively delivered. I had a mayonnaise thing happen. <laughs> what was it? I imagined you barfing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what were you actually going to say? I was going to say I'll give you five dollars to eat all this mayonnaise. <laughs> um, no, so I leapt out so of bed. So I, I leap out of bed every Brecken. morning. This every is morning, if true. Every morning I do this. And uh, or you sit around miserable, right? And I and I, I get a lot of forward momentum, such that like I'm basically like the first step. <laughs> the I'm leaning. You? No, listen. And I have this enormous <laughs> dresser that is you know kind of in parallel to like our to our drawers. bed. Yeah. And uh, the dresser, ha- it's it's oh, it's got sharp it, edges. It's got a very sharp. Oh, no. So do you just imagine yourself edge. like every oh. day? It, literally every day that I get out of bed, I imagine myself tripping you as I get the- out of bed, <laughs> and then specifically the corner of the dresser ah! hits my eye. Oh, no! Okay, so wait, so and then I die. So Chris, and like every morning, so I think I should do something about this corner. <laughs> where, where and does- then, but I'm so groggy that I just don't ever do you're anything. Not groggy, you're fucking leaping out well, of. Oh, it's sort of in between. So yeah. we're living. This episode brought to you by like late '90s horror movies, where Chris yeah, Chris yeah. watched it's The Ring and is cursed, yeah. and you are Final Destination cursed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, don't, I don't know what my curse is. Uh, That's your curse, man. Not knowing the curse. <laughs> not knowing your curse. Your curse can your strike curse. at any time. It's boring. So I'm in yeah. so I'm some like Linklater character. Yeah. Mm. Man, Nick, maybe you're just minority reporting. Oh yeah, you see maybe. This every morning, it's yeah. like a persistent vision that you have. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, I do think like at some point this is just bound to happen. Yeah. So I mean, if you, you know, mm. if if I don't come into a podcast one morning, yeah. it's, it's probably because I tripped. Into I used to when I was a kid. I used to have that that a uh, very similar thing where I would we had a the staircase in our in our home when I was growing or one of our. Oh, I think you've talked about this up. before. Oh, where I run down the stairs real yeah. fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would like. Ru- I actually, I, you know, I have talked about it. Yeah, I would run. I would slide down the stairs on my heels. And yeah, I would we both whip, did the same whip thing. Whip around yeah. the corner, and I'd always imagine, what if I just slammed my head right into this <laughs> like ninety degree hard corner of this wall? Because I'd always come within your head like, would explode centimeters of doing mm. so. And I'm like, what if I just did it that would explode. and like gave, <laughs> gave myself a concussion, <laughs> and then just like you know fell out of control and slammed into the wall and fell down? And I'd think about it every day, but I would still keep doing. It. Kids are pretty dumb. Yeah, kids are really stupid, but so I'm, are adults. I'm sure that yeah. I've talked about this before, and this is f- just far afield of this email at this point. But <laughs> things that my brain does that I that where I imagine the self sabotage version, it's almost never bodily harm to myself. It's almost always anxiety about my keys being lost. <laughs> <laughs> like whenever I walk past a storm drain, I think like God, if my keys fell, I'd be fucked. Or like when I, I, <laughs> I think about that kind I of thing, like, I walk, I, I walk well, along yeah. a lake every day on my way to work, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, if my keys just fell in the lake, I'd be fucked. I'm like, why do I think that? I've that for years like I have memories yeah. going back to high school of just like if I if my keys for some reason fell into the Petaluma River yeah. which is the river in my town I couldn't get them back and then what would I do and it's like yeah. well it would just be a hassle I'd have to replace my keys but yeah, like I have I this just 
red. Well, then have I you ever the... lost your keys? Ever? No. Okay. Well, I so had that is, situation. Yeah, I've never irrational. like lost my keys. Yeah. I've never like thrown my phone out of like anywhere. Right. You know, like it just doesn't happen. But I still think about it all the time. Yeah. I totally had that situation like a month and a half ago that I talked about on the <clears> podcast <throat> where I left, I locked my keys inside when Sarah and I were <clears> like formally. That's not the same as literally just watching your keys go. No, no, I know it's not. But the same thing was required to fix it. I mean, it doesn't like you're right. It's not the same, but it's like, but I, but my point is that the thing that you're worried about was the thing I had to do and it was a big pain in the ass but it was still solvable oh, I went to visit uh, our friends at uh, at Panic a software company in Portland uh, yeah. and I was in their, their offices like on the third floor and I got in the elevator with Sean and another uh, another person a woman got in the elevator with us and right when she leaned over to press the button <laughs> her key ring fell out of her hands and just went and just slurped oh, down into no. the crack oh, of the elevator oh, I always and I went like that was just like oh yeah. no and then, you, and then you fell into the crack God, and disappeared and, yeah. and, and then somebody hit the closed door button and no. then it closed I mean yeah, <laughs> on me on my brain <laughs> yeah no she had to call the building manager and go down to the basement and got her keys back but yeah. just watching them sort of like a ding 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 and just yeah. sort of oh. slurp yep. down and yep. just like oh and they yep. didn't get caught yeah. It just yeah, like, it it, just, but everyone just saw them just disappear and be like, "Wow, that they're just gone! Like they literally yeah, are just yeah. not in the yeah. our universe anymore." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I feel like there must be some kind of human, latent human impulse that their passive human impulse that nudges things towards yeah. outcomes like that. <laughs> not in general. I mean, obviously, most of the time you don't drop your keys or lose your oh, keys, and it's fine. What is but that? the one time you do drop your keys. It's in that exact, like, what are the, of all the surfaces I, on the planet? I read an article like, about this, and I never bothered to check if it was real or not, but it was a thing basically saying, don't, f- <laughs> I'm doing the thing that it says not to do, don't phrase things inside of your brain as don't do X, because mm. what you're actually repeating is, that, like, uh, is the possibility that right, that it's like, don't drop your keys, don't drop your keys, yeah, don't drop your keys. Idea. The thing that you're saying more often than not is just drop your keys, as opposed right, to hold on right, to your right, keys. Right, 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 yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. I read that, I went, that makes sense, but I bet also sounds like just completely outrageous non-real advice, but I also, like, but it rings true emotionally, whether or not it's actually true, that you're like... Don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, fuck up, fuck up, fuck up, fuck up, you're a fuck up. Like, oh, shit, shit. No, it's true. I mean, I guess the risk in the other direction, if you're constantly always telling yourself to hold your keys, is then you risk becoming a, like, Howard Hughes, hold the keys, hold the keys, hold the keys. Show me the blueprints. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say something about Don't say the way of the future over and over again. Don't say the way of the future. Don't say the way of the future. The way of the future. Yeah. i got to rewatch The Aviator. I haven't seen that movie Let's endorse The Aviator. Why not? Yeah, why not? What were we actually talking about? I don't know. Oh, things that things that will secretly end up poisoning you or becoming bad for your health. Oh, I, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, I imagine yeah. basically anything that I do yeah. or don't do will turn out the, the things that I've done are actually horrible for me and the things that I didn't do like would make me be happier. Mm-hmm. I just make I assume that every choice that I make is bad. Mm-hmm. And it'll just one day the world will just out them all as terrible. Yeah. It's true. Like, I mean, you know, if you follow I mean, nutritional I, science, that's basically how it is. I, I mean, like, I drink a lot and eat a lot of junk food, and I'm sure at some point someone's <laughs> going to tell me that's not good for me, which sucks. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's always going bad. Oh, I can never figure out what's good yeah. or bad for you. Yeah. One day they say the Cheetos is. are great for you, and then the yeah. next day they don't. Uh, yeah, no, it's weird. Just stuff my face full of sweet tarts and flaming hot Cheetos and yeah. <laughs> extravagant sugary cocktails. Yeah. It's weird. I, I'm sure the science I mean, is going to come back around on those. Yeah, back and forth so back many times. Yeah. Whoever knows. <laughs> I don't smoke. There you go. That's one thing you <laughs> don't got smoke, going don't on. Smoke, don't smoke. Don't smoke. Don't smoke. Don't smoke. Don't smoke. That actually is totally. <laughs> to me, to I feel like that is actually. If you look at what happens with 
I, seriously, if you look at like abstinence-only education, clearly mm. that is just a totally true oh, fact, yeah, right? Yeah, like people who true. are brought yeah. up to, I mean, not just sex, but just anything that is just mm-hmm. that you're sort of repressed and constantly told not to do it. Like, yeah. definitely those, that is like the most likely to swing back in the most aggressive way, right? But that's I mean, that's like that's kind of like saying dropping your keys in the elevator is forbidden but tantalizing. Forbidden but tantalizing. <laughs> no, I did it. Well, okay. So and you then you're what? like, mm. Although, mm-hmm. you know what? I feel no, like you're that's, right. that's a thing because I, I've, t- I've said <laughs> Dropping your keys down the elevator is also a sweet release totally of responsibility. Oh, Chris, yeah. Chris, you and I have actually had, we've talked about this before, where you, you and I both <laughs> independently have the fantasy of just occasionally thinking about throwing your phone yeah. into like, the, into like no, a... No, you're right. Oh, like, that's off, tantalizing like, just shit. Chucking it's your phone off of like a, a building or just like into a into river or something. Yeah. Oh, God. It's true. Oh, it I think about so it all powerful. the time. I, all the time. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I love it. I love that. So just why don't you do it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I only reason is because I know I would just have to fucking go spend hundreds of dollars on a new one. <laughs> would you though? You I would. mean, yes, I would. You could become yeah. like feature phone guy. Yeah. Yeah. You could be like, I'm texting right now by pressing like mm. five buttons. <laughs> right. Yeah. To, yeah, to say one word, yeah. yeah, yeah, but no, that is that is such a a, a powerful seductive mm. fantasy. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love yep. fantasizing about it. Yep. And that, that one actually is like the one on top of a building is especially sort of electrifying. Because like, I, and then I could take a life. <laughs> <laughs> um, if because I because I because I have the th- I don't really have a fear of heights, but I definitely have a thing where if I'm on an actual skyscraper where it's physically possible that you could just jump off of it. Yeah. You know, if you're on an observation deck or something, I do definitely think about like I get mm-hmm. that weird like charge yeah, of like of oh I can, yeah, yeah right I'm yeah. sure that's very that's very, very common, common. Yeah. and so when you come that is like combined with the mm-hmm. phone throwing impulse mm-hmm. into this total like frisson of just yeah. like danger and sort of absolving of responsibility and just yeah it's powerful it's potent mm-hmm. yeah. um, alright well should we endorse yeah oh yeah alright uh, I'll go I, I rarely go first I think um was it on this podcast or was it somewhere else, Jake, where you were complaining about... <laughs> Fuck you. <clears throat> what? What was I complaining about? I never <laughs> you were complaining about um, the uh, <laughs> that sort of short-lived meme on Twitter of like five... You know, movies that you should watch if you want to understand. Oh yeah, it was on one of our. It was on one of our. Definitely on this podcast. Podcast. Yeah, was it was on it? this yeah. Rattle Thumbs. It's probably this one. I. Uh, man, I I totally agree with you. Five movies you have to watch to understand me. Shut up. Right? Yeah, I, I totally I agree <laughs> with you. Five your... video games you have to play. You're yeah. gonna say I agree, but but I've got one now. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, okay. I, I I totally agree. I, okay, I, I agree, and I don't actually think the thing I'm gonna say <laughs> is actually that. But man. Mm. Recently, Sarah and I rewatched Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, the 2011 film. Yeah, yeah you're rolling your eyes. I know. I'm. I know how, how fucking stupid this is. Um, but I, if you haven't seen that movie, please watch it. It's a great fucking movie. It's a great movie, and there's something about it that I don't. I, if I can ever understand why this is true, I will probably learn something about myself and or the world. But there's something about that movie that just so powerfully speaks to me in a way that is hard for me to remember almost anything else in my adult life. I would have countless examples of this as a as a teen. I mean, if a tale you know, of persevering and doing, uh, do uh, you know, living your life out of a sense of duty in the face of just oppressive horribleness. See, I don't even like. Yeah, I don't even know what. I, <laughs> I know. That doesn't mean. I, 
Um, but uh, it's just such a bleak movie. It's a very bleak movie, but there's something about it that just that speaks to me powerfully. When I think back to when I was like 18, that would have been the prime age when I could have, if Twitter had been a thing back then, that I would have shared that meme and been wholeheartedly mm. into it. Right? Yeah. Like that was like for me. I mean, I was I as as is the case for a lot of adolescents at that age. I was powerfully into things you know i mean the 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 music that i loved the the books that i loved the movies that i loved i identified with on a level that it was almost like sort of violent in its enthusiasm and self-conception right i mean that's Mm. that's just something that i i remember being such a potent element of my identity as a teen again as as i'm sure is true for a lot of people and it's just you don't at least i don't get that feeling to that same degree as an adult, but somehow the 2011 adaptation of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, a movie that has literally nothing to do with my life in any form or fashion whatsoever, um, speaks to me powerfully, and I think it's a movie more people should watch. And it's directed by Thomas Alfredson, uh, and is an adaptation of a John Le Carré spy novel. There's there's the something about about the way that that um, George Smiley, the main character in that movie, perseveres by basically just doing the work in the face of basically every single thing in the world being terrible. And it's still at a great personal cost, but he has just the satisfaction of knowing that he accomplished that one small thing by literally just doing the work that I think is really satisfying and also just like defeating at the same time. Like it's both of those things. Like when he gets to the end of that and you're just like, fuck that was exhausting i don't know if that was worth it but also just watching him persevere through process alone is really satisfying yeah i don't know if that's spo- uh, spoiler that's part of it for sure and there, there's and there, there's a bigger sense of melancholy that pervades the whole thing that i find yeah. really captivating actually you know what i'm going to sort of sub endorse a, comp- a a a thing that is in that movie but is also its own i thought this work. was going to be like a sub i'm going to sub endorse some people who just <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you're sub endorsing. I'm going to sub endorse someone who thinks the framework for me endorsing this is pretty pathetic. <laughs> Not wow, saying thanks who. for endorsing someone. <laughs> um, it, no, the, my sub endorsement is is um, the performance of La Mer, the song uh, that is known in English as Beyond the Sea uh, by Julio Iglesias, which is used in an incredible ending sequence in the film Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. And it's the thing that I love about it, I think is speaks to the thing I love about uh, the film Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. It's a little bit different, but it's a, it's a weird, it's a live recording uh, that is very imperfect. I mean, he, he, he sort of flubs a few notes in his vocal performance uh, in a way that I find very endearing and human and it also takes a song that is intensely melancholy, but backs it with this sort of disco brass performance that feels like it's trying to take something ultimately uh, melancholy and sad and with a more upbeat instrumentation, just force that round peg into the square hole of like fun and energizing um, almost dance music and there's something about that tension and the sort of impossibility of that marriage that I find heartbreaking but also almost kind of life affirming it's kind of like the smiley thing that you said Jake um, 
except that in the case of the Julio Iglesias performance, it's not doing the work. It's more just trying so, so hard against all odds and maybe not even succeeding, but still finding joy in it. Um, and I yeah. think it's really meaningful that that's the ending song in that film. It's one of the most brilliant. Yeah, the last couple minutes choices. of that movie uh, is are just out of control. Yeah, I've I've seen that movie probably, I don't know, eight times or something, and I've watched that ending sequence on YouTube probably fifty times yep. at least. Uh, uh, by the way, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, this room is at least lightly themed around the oh, final yeah. shot oh, yeah. of that movie. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. But yeah. yes, the, our podcast studio is directly, I mean, you say lightly, but it is an intentional. Well, we've, we've gummed a bunch of shit into it at yeah, this point. We've, but we've, we've, we've the, the orange it, foam right. and polished wood table with just some like black uh, pieces of uh, analog equipment in it is just yeah. entirely. Yeah, surrounded by orange. Surrounded by orange uh, foam. Sound foam, yeah. yeah. That, is, that is a direct lift. <laughs> Of a se- of a set from Taking yeah, and basically the final scene of that movie. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I will. That's been a long rambly endorsement for me, so I'll cut it short. I have that recording of La Mer on my iPhone. It's one of the few things that I keep downloaded locally because I love it so much. Yeah, it's a it's an incredible. I actually have the the full album that's from on vinyl, and I listen to it sometimes. I'm a fool nice. for not having that. Um. <laughs> uh. Well. Um. Shit. Nick. I assume Jake's shit means he doesn't have an endorsement queue. Yeah, yet. Uh, Nick, yeah. go ahead. What is your endorsement? Um, I'm also going to endorse a film. It's oh, a less okay. essential film, but it, I, it't surprised me. It's called Too Funny to Fail. And uh, why did I say it like that? Too funny to fail. To uh, me, to me, to me. Um, <laughs> it's a documentary. It's a Hulu documentary um, about the Dana Carvey show, um, which was a what? failed. From the nineties, uh, yeah, was that? a failed sketch comedy show, uh, in like from like nineteen ninety six, I believe. And um, if you don't know what the show was, I mean, it was Dana Carvey coming off of the back it. of SNL, and uh, he quit at the and started his yeah, yeah at the height of his popularity. He quit and went and started this show. It followed, I think, Home Improvement. Yeah, it was Home Improvement at like 9.30. That and it famously was just way too edgy to be airing after Home Improvement. It also it was only on for a couple episodes, It right? was on for seven episodes. They filmed an eighth one and they never aired it. Um, I mean, it was is extremely... Is it now viewable? Yes, it's now viewable, I think, on Hulu, um, which is probably one of the reasons why they, you know, are promoting it with this documentary. But the documentary is really good. I mean, you know, p- people have been talking about this show for a long time because it was famously like... Ahead of its time? Um, way ahead of its time. I mean, like, the writers and actors included um, Robert... So Robert Smigel ran the, the whole operation. Louis C.K. was the head writer. Who, who's Robert Smigel again? Um, was he, he a Conan writer? He, yeah, he's he was... Triumph, the insult comic Robert, dog, yeah, and, like, okay. Conan writer, and, yeah. you know, he's done all kinds of things. Um, but uh, Louis C.K. was the head writer. Stephen Colbert was on the show. Wow. Steve Carell was on the show. Wow. Uh, Bill Hader. Like, I mean, the list wow. just, like, fucking goes on. Like, all these guys who are extremely influential now... Basically got their like, like 10 to TV 15 start years before they were yeah, um, and so like it was notable for that reason. But God, the documentary is so heartbreaking and just really excellent. Like they they got almost everybody to participate and just like hearing about how they were all so excited to just like you know uh, it was just it was the it was a great example of just a bunch of guys who thought like well, there's no way this could fail because you're all like so talented and everybody involved in this is just like at the peak of their fucking like. Like, they're all young and just super smart and super funny, and there's no way this could possibly yeah. fuck up. And, of course, like, the reason that it fucked up is that they were all young and super smart and just immediately clashed with, uh, you know, 
50-year-old, like, suits at ABC. Also, in the middle, in the midst of, like, that show getting uh, approved. That was a greenlit, show. It, it, Disney bought ABC in between. Mm-hmm. That's so, a show like, built for the early days of cable that was on network mm-hmm. TV instead. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, whoops. if it was on, like, Comedy Central, it would have been yeah. fine. But uh, but it's fascinating. And the, the documentary, they do, it surprised me. They, they went to great lengths. Uh, like, for instance, they... Um, they got this LA Times critic who wrote a negative review of the first episode to come on, uh, and he was describing the fan mail, like the of the, or I guess the hate mail that he got from people who loved Oof. the show, and he read a particular piece of mail that was just you know outrageous, like, and then they went and tracked the guy down who wrote that Whoa. and got him on camera. <laughs> oh, wow! Man. I mean, it was this. They did some very good things in this. I don't want to spoil it because there are a lot of good moments, but it, it actually is worth watching just for sort of like the process and just kind of the you know um i don't this know atmosphere weird, of like a, a failed strange TV question show. this is a strange question that has nothing to do with the substance of your endorsement or mm. that show or anything but just i'm just curious did that hate mail read differently to what modern internet hate like social media yeah was this like was i hope like? you kill yourself etc yeah, um it was close i yeah. can't it can't entirely people remember have but always, it was it's always yeah, been that it was it's it, just it was pretty vitriolic yeah, yeah. i mean it, there would have been probably a little, took a little the word the word work. choice probably would be today a little a little more vile i would mm-hmm. i would suspect but uh it was it was also it, i assume it, the critic was a man so yes yeah. yes so that, but yeah. uh yeah but anyway, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a very interesting uh, and it, you know actually also it's a pretty decent. They highlight most of the sort of sketches and things that you'd want to watch out of that show. So it's a nice way of just kind of like diving into whatever that Dana Carvey show sure, was. Sure, because I would imagine as a sketch show, it's still probably hit or miss. Yes, it's incredibly hit or miss. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the reasons why it didn't stick. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but I'm always, the hits I'm were incredibly of, notable. I'm yeah. always skeptical of documentaries like that that entirely portray the thing as and it only failed because of these oh. terrible suits yeah and it's like that eh, no, probably it, was part of it yeah. but it you know no they, they all re- I mean it's funny because they're just they they talk about specific sketches and they're just they just start laughing about how fucking insane it was that they put that on television and how like racist this particular thing was in the 90s or like you know I mean, it's very yeah, sure, it's yeah. very good as like a, a, a you know 20 years later examination of something that just right. that's good that there's yeah. some self-awareness mm-hmm. yeah that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, Jake, have you yes. cobbled together an endorsement? Uh, please, Chris. This this endorsement <laughs> was on lock from, from the beginning of this episode. Oh, is that sure. true? Okay. Uh, well, no. But what I would like Think to- Think back to 50 minutes ago when you- Were cursed. Conceived your endorsement. <laughs> what I would like to endorse is a restaurant. Huh. I would like to endorse the Pacifica Taco Bell. Oh, my oh, God. Man. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Wow. I have a- All right, you go. Uh- <laughs> The, the uh, Pacifica is a just sort of like <laughs> seaside town south of San Francisco. Yeah, like and half it, an hour south And it has what is probably the best Taco Bell in the world. <laughs> uh, on the beach, there's a parking lot and then just a big, huge, expansive beach. And in the middle of it, there's a Taco Bell that's like made out of wood and looks like basically yeah. some like beach it house. It looks like a beach chalet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's got a big outdoor patio. It's got a walk-up Taco Bell window that says like, if you have sandy feet, order your Taco Bell. Here's so you can walk from the beach up onto this deck walk up to a window, order Taco Bell, and then just sit down uh, on a patio and eat Taco Bell. Yeah, uh, It's a really good place to go if you live in the Bay Area and are just sort of like sad and annoyed at something <laughs> and want to sit by the beach and eat fucking hard tacos. Mm. Yeah, just eat that Mexican pizza um, or whatever, your Inchirito. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love the Pacifica Taco Bell. Man, uh, you should... That's also the first Taco Bell that I ever went to and wow. it ruined a Taco Bell. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, now we, we are just down the street from a Taco Bell cantina. 
I know, but it's not. It's like a shit one. I know they don't serve alcohol. Though. Yeah, regular Taco Bell cantinas mm. are supposed to have a like a margarita machine, yeah. but this one got nimbied away. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks, San Francisco homeowners. But yeah, Pacifica Taco Bell. Nick, you have a Pacifica Taco Bell oh, well, counter. My, well, no, not necessarily a counter, but my my Pacifica Taco Bell experience was uh, we were driving up the one uh, highway one at like midnight, and it was the only thing open, and so we stopped there, and it was dark, and so I had no idea. That it had like an amazing view right. or anything. It was just a Taco Bell that yeah, we stopped have, it's at. It's a beautiful ocean view. Yeah, from the n- I got yeah. none of that. And then I went in there and ate their uh, ate Taco Bell, and it made me sick. So that was. Oh, <laughs> that's, no! But, so so now, you're, you're but the, then, like, I saw the Pacific Taco Bell on the internet or whatever. Yeah, there's you know, been. A, it's too bad that I, and I went. Oh no! I, I had the worst experience of. of yeah. Yeah. You know, hmm. A few weekends ago, Dana and I were like, "God, what are we? We should just go to the beach. Just, no, just no, run no, to the border." And then, and then, yeah. And then we're like, "God, let's go to the let's go to Pacifica. Let's go to the Pacifica Taco Bell." <laughs> and then we like went and did like a hike around the beach, and then ended it at a Taco Bell, which is out of control. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm not globally endorsing Taco Bell. I'm just endorsing the Pacific Taco right, Bell. Right, sure, man. It's too bad you didn't get on that Bell. endorsement like a week ago because you could have totally preempted the. There's it's been like a minor internet awareness of I know. Pacifica Taco Bell. Yeah. But you've been a booster of that thing for years and years and years. Yes, I've, I'm a, I'm a longtime fan of the Pacifica Taco Bell. Yeah, but yeah. Some a website recently ran an article, which is what reminded me of it, so I'm yeah, endorsing yeah, it yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Sorry that I'm that I'm behind on no, my endorsement. Okay. Your, your endorsement comes backed by decades of yes of experience. It's yeah. a great Taco Bell. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that just about wraps it up for this week's episode of Important If True. Thank you so much for joining us here on this. Um, Somewhat uncharacteristically uh, cursed cursed episode of Important If True. If you have a problem, you uh, need solutions, you need advice, please write in to questions at importantiftrue.com and we will do our best. If you would like an ad-free version of this podcast, uh, check it out. Check out our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash idlethumbs, where both this show and our video game podcast, Idle Thumbs, are available ad-free on your own private RSS feed. And exclusive feed. Exclusive. There are other other rewards and, and benefits, and you can read all about them there at patreon.com slash idlethumbs. If you do like this show, um, tell a friend. It's it really is the 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 pretty much the one and only way we have to spread the word. It's it's word of mouth really is is all we got. So it means a lot to us when you do that. When you um, tell your friends in person, when you spread word of this podcast on social media, uh, all of that is a is a massive help to us, and we really do appreciate it. Thank you so much if you ever have or will. And with that, we will be back next week. For Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Hashtag stay spicy. Fuck you. <laughs> Gee, f- what? Mm. Are you kidding me? Oh, the end of the, you guys you guys introduced that last week. The end of this podcast is now just my long, my oh. slow motion, long term attempt to uh, to create rancor and bitterness. God, yeah. Go to tribe.al slash stay spicy or whatever. <laughs> like you're. Social media specialist, Chris Ramo. Bye.